Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. This is episode 99, and today I will be joined by Peter Gonzalez. We are going to be talking a little bit about Marvel, the MCU, per usual, as well as last week we talked about the history of Spider-Man. This week we're going to be talking about the history of the Fantastic Four in the movies and what we want to see in their appear- upcoming appearance, hopefully in the MCU. We'll do a little our dream casting, and then, to be honest with you folks, we're going to critique probably. A lot of these early movies of the Fantastic Four, but we'll make that fun as well. Um, and then at the end, we will also talk about how WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, have been doing well in the award category, so to speak. So enough of me rambling. Let's get into episode 99. Peter, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about I feel like this is a cool trend talking about some of the heroes and really diving into what they've done. Yeah, I think it should be really fun. And so speaking of, I don't know if we can classify this dude as a hero. I don't think we can, actually, because I think we both had him number one in our villain uh, rankings in the history of the MCU. So Loki trailer, we got a little sneak peek, a little back and forth between him and Owen Wilson. We start to get a little more background on what's going on with the TVA. There is the casual comment of that the TVA is run by like three space lizards. Which, if you think about it in the comic books, I don't know exactly if they're lizards, but it's like these three beings, so to speak. And um, so I think that did a good job of, I think those are going to be the bad guys of the show. Do you? And what did you think of that? I wonder, so the word bad guy is an interesting word to use. I guess antagonist versus Loki. Okay, antagonist versus Loki. I think that makes it a little more clear because, in a sense, as as the world should be on the side of the of them, not Loki, theoretically, going into this. It'll be interesting to see what that dynamic sort of looks like. And the one word that stood out to me was how they referred to the main timeline as the sacred timeline, as Mm. opposed to the variants that have been created. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to go out right now and just make... uh, We're going to do our official Loki preview on June 2nd or June 3rd, because it comes out June 9th. But I'm just going to say what this show is going to be about, because this is no leaks. This is nothing. This is I just think I know what is going to happen. I think that the TVA is bringing in Loki because he swapped timelines or whatever. But I don't think all the things that are going on are Loki's fault. I think they are blaming it on Loki because they had a former TVA agent who went rogue and caused all these problems, and they're covering that up by blaming Loki. And that former TVA agent is Kang the Conqueror, who will show up in Ant-Man 3. I think that Kang... I think that it's not that the TVA are going to be evil. It's that they're kind of using Loki, and it's they're hiding something, I think. What do you think about that? But, yeah, I like that, because again, that kind of speaks to the, how the authority figures are painted in the MCU when we've seen with S.H.I.E.L.D., when we've seen with... Um, sword. Sword, thank you. I was like, what is the other acronym? Yes. Shield and Sword, you know? Yeah. Very, so I feel like, again, these people that were supposed to be are the ones that are trying to, supposed to be doing the good, really have nefarious purposes underlying what they're doing. So I think mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how Loki kind of wrestles with that, especially since this is Loki from pre-Ragnarok, which was such yeah. a big moment. So, quick question on that, then. I know we're we're saving Loki a little bit, but we're taking Loki out like uh, out of the timeline, like you said, before Ragnarok, before that character development of him really not being a villain anymore. He's still an anti-hero of some sort that you don't trust, but he does have some redemption. Do you think that this story, this in this series, we're going to see Loki maybe find that redemption in a different way, but maybe kind of he'll be by the end of the series more like Loki? before his death in Infinity War. I think that's a really interesting point because, again, this would be the Loki that hasn't... I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he does essentially die in Ragnarok... In not Ragnarok, Dark... Dark, Thor, dark World? Dark World, thank you. Because I'm mm-hmm. looking after Dark. And, I mean, he does kind of have a little bit of glimmers of good in that movie. Yeah. So I think it'd be interesting to see what the trajectory takes... And if he's simply, and if he is allowed to really be in this new timeline, or if he's going to be shuttled back into where he belongs by the end of the series. Though yeah. I have heard that this one will have multiple se- seasons, mm-hmm. is the okay. rumor. That's interesting to hear. And what will also be uh, interesting is, uh, we wouldn't you assume he will be in Thor: Love and Thunder? I believe so. For and I, be- and I think that will be interesting to see this Loki. 
in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, this podcast is great for people that are not are getting all confused about the different timelines. So just be sure to keep tuning in here because we will we'll, we'll cover it all guide yeah. you through the where mm-hmm. the character came from and why they are in this movie. Absolutely. Um, so the other sneak peek trailer we got this uh, past week was uh, The Black Widow. Uh, this movie is really, I'm really, really excited to see this movie. I know we've had to wait like over a year. I mean, Peter, like a year ago when the NBA did its bubble for the uh, playoffs and they all went to Orlando and they played in that, they saw Black Widow. That's not, I mean, isn't that lame? But like, I get whatever. But so that's how long this has been ready. Wow, that's just that made me. That's just an interesting. That kind of ruined my day now. <laughs> <laughs> I because it's like I'm not gonna go play basketball. It's like what have to do to get in the bubble? But I mean, it's interesting too. That, that movie has been untouched by Marvel. They said it's staying exactly as it mm. is since a year ago, and yeah. so I'm curious to see what will be in it because again, it'll be such a welcome return to movie th- to theaters for people, mm. and I think. I've just watching um, Scarlett Johansson receive the Generation Award at the MTV Awards this past weekend and really see that collection of clips of Natasha in the MCU really does bring home how integral this character has been and ultimately came, whose story ultimately came to an end in Endgame, mm-hmm. no pun intended, but it'll be curious to see again this new take which takes place prior to it, which is something different for the MCU. I think the only time we've really gone back in time has been First Avenger and Captain Marvel. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of fits into the timeline and what the ending... I'm most curious for the ending. I want to know what the ending and the end credits are. It's, yeah. It's so be- here, here's a question to you. I think in this last sneak peek, we actually got a, a, a better look of Florence Pugh's character than in any of the previous trailers. And I at least believe... That in for the future of the MCU, I think Florence Pugh will be that new type Black Widow. Not maybe not called Black Widow, I don't know. But I do see her slowly taking on Natasha's role, but it being like she's maybe starts as bad in Thunderbolt stuff and then slowly works her way to Avengers. Do you see that as a possible uh, pr- trajectory for her character? I think that would be, again, I think that when Marvel hires actors, especially actors that are Oscar nominated, they do so with intentions. Like, they don't just say, you're coming on board for one project, and then we're basically, you're done. Goodbye. Nice to have you. It's like, no, you're going to be in this in the long haul. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen was just saying in an interview how she was signed on for two movies and a cameo at the beginning of her journey as the Scarlet Witch, and she's had her contract renewed multiple times since then. Yeah. So I think Florence is going to definitely play a bigger role. And I think the end of this movie will really set that in motion, be it does her character sort of die at the end, and that kind of gives Natasha a trajectory that leads into Endgame, or does her character die, and then post-credits you see that she's alive somewhere similar, Bucky, Winter Soldier-type vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who, again, again, someone who's close to the character does really lay into the fabric of the MCU. Yeah, that that's a great point actually. Um I think that we could I think that's definitely a possibility for that post credit scene because I don't think we're getting Red Hulk even though we want that post credit scene. I don't think that's coming quite yet. I think it will eventually come. But let's get into the Fantastic 4 Peter, Marvel's first family. Um I mean them and Spider-Man, the two most important at the start of the MCU, definitely. X-Men took a little to get a bit it took a little bit for the X-Men to actually get off the ground. People don't remember that. But Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, iconic uh, franchises and characters for the MCU and for Marvel in general. And what's crazy about the Fantastic Four is how important they are in the comics and how well-known they are, how bad the movies have been and so throughout our lives. And that has really, I think, left a bad taste in people's mouth when it comes about these characters. And I just think that's incredibly unfair because if done well, they're electric. I mean, I'm thinking if you could have had a great Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, interacting with Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark or Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, I think that that would have been electric. So I have a lot of faith in Marvel for what they will do for that, but that's a little tease. We'll talk about Dreamcasting in a second. The first Fantastic Four, though, movie, Peter, you got Chris Evans as the Human Torch, Jessica Alba as Invisible Woman. You have uh, 
Michael Chiklis, I think his name is, as the thing, and I forget who plays Mr. Fantastic. Do you know his name? It's um, Ian uh, Ford, I think, or Ian. How do you say his last? Grufford. Ian Grufford. Ian Grufford. And then Julian Mc Mc McMahon plays Victor Von Doom. So why don't you walk us through your thoughts on the initial, the first Fantastic Four, and what you thought about it? So I think it's so again. I rewatched these movies over the weekend, and this may be a very different take to your perspective on these movies. I okay. So the the Fantastic Four two thousand five. I don't hate it. No, I don't either. It's the only one I think is salvageable. And in all honesty, I think it is. Maybe this is a controversial opinion. One of my better origin story, potentially top ten, top twenty superhero movies when I was ah. rewatching it and seeing it play out. And I so again I don't hate this movie. I for me what was really stands out to me is how we get the initial scene where they get their powers. Mm-hmm. And you know we have if you've seen the movie um Mr. Fantastic and Sue are having a meal and she turns invisible and then he catches a ball of wine by reaching for it. And again you see everyone sort of getting their powers in a way that I think was done really well for an origin story. Yeah. I, yeah, they definitely, they did a good job of, cause Dr. Doom and all the characters when they're up at the space station, I think they do a good job of setting up the dynamic of Dr. Doom, just being kind of an asshole and all that. And I think that, uh, Ian Grufford, you said his name was Mr. Yes. Fantastic. He did, he did a great job. It's weird with these movies. So I'm, I won't go as far as saying it's like a top 10 or 20, but, I will say that the casting in these movies is very, very good. Very good casting. And what what honestly hurts this movie is how bad the second one was, in my opinion. And so that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But there are a lot of moments in this movie that I like. I think Chris Evans is a great human torch. He's got the cockiness of Johnny Storm down pat, similar to his cockiness in Knives Out, which I just saw which you're still upset with me about but i I still am still am and actually you know what was interesting in watching this movie again was there's this scene on the bridge where they all kind of come together as a team and sort of and save the day where we see a scene that we were talking about at the end of the falcon and the winter soldier where you see the community cheering on the heroes and yeah it was cool to see that again because we don't really get a lot of that so it was Mm -hmm. cool to have that kind of groundedness in the characters and then even the final scene, which was uh, the battle between all of them, it so was. What'd you say? I love the the way they do the Johnny Storm goes supernova or whatever. I think that's a great final battle. The more and more I we like, talk about, it, this is a good movie. This is a good movie. And I like even the details where Sue was doing the force field and she's like bleeding from it because she's t- it's taking up so much power. Because again, we're seeing characters use their powers, learn how to use their powers. And also, I think they were all pretty balanced characters. You didn't see that one mm-hmm. was better than the other. And again, moments like seeing Chris Evans do the flame on as he's coming down the building was such a cool thing to see. And again, what I liked that we had a villain that was connected to them and was very much a villain villain. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's something that's important to have, it can, especially lately and just in cinema in general, you have villains that are very gray area. But it was nice that Doctor Doom is like a legit villain. He's like mm-hmm. one of the better villains, I think, of Marvel's catalog. I think he's the best. I think Doctor Doom's the best villain in all of Marvel. Um, I'm really, I want them to see he is evil, Doctor Doom. But what I hope in the MCU is that they they tie him to Latveria more, his home country. Which we'll see if that happens. But only problem I have now, looking back at Fantastic Four first one i don't like the whole thing of the thing losing his powers i think it's like you don't do that in the origin give me wait a second wait a movie let him be the thing for a movie i just thought that that was like a i don't know it was it was like the only way dr doom was gonna beat them or get read is if the thing wasn't the thing and so they just had that i felt like they just shoehorned they needed that to happen so they just did it i don't know if that makes sense but i just didn't like that part other than that i think it's a good movie you know, and it's funny, you, again, you beat me to saying that because that is one of the issues I have with the movie is the fact that, like, it wasn't earned yet. It does, it's not an effective storytelling tool, similar to how when we talked about the OG Spider-Man movies, you're using this too quickly in 
a universe that is still building. It's like, and again, maybe again, you're going into this and you're learning how to create these movies and mm-hmm. these worlds. But I think this was too soon of a thing for it to happen. And it kind of did slow things down. I understood that it served as a motivator for them. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was the right call for that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree there. Let's go to the second one. Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer. I will talk briefly. This movie is god-awful. It is a terrible movie. It is a terrible movie. The idea, the thing of how they like l- change powers and stuff, dumb. Um, they made the Silver Surfer who's a cool character. I thought that didn't even work. It was just weird. The Silver Surfer is so important. And then it all comes down to this. Why is Galactus a cloud? That makes zero sense. Galactus is not a cloud. That was just like, I just, the villain. There was no like great villainy in that, I thought. Like Doctor Doom, whatever, they just can't do a movie without him. I thought they should have given him a break and not have him be in everything. That's why I was talking earlier about I want Doom to come in separately, solo, into the MCU. But that those are my takes on Fantastic Four, too. It's a tough movie. It's tough. What do you think? So I don't view it so much through the way you just put it. I don't have as strongly a reaction towards it. I do. So if we break it down, the Silver Surfer was a bit of a disappointment to me because, again, he's iconic in the comics. And it's just its specific role. Um, I didn't know what was going on with Galactus because I was confused. I was like, why is this happening? This is too much. This was this gave me reminiscent Spider-Man throwing in too many things, trying to build worlds. It's like mm-hmm. you can't have a Thanos-level thing in movie two. Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. Exactly. I exactly. personally liked having Doctor Doom again simply because something that I appreciated from the comics, even the Fantastic Four cartoon with the cheesy opening title, was just like you had this const- consistent villain throughout. Mm-hmm. So I definitely kind of enjoyed seeing that again and having him play out. The whole losing powers situation Never was worked. confusing. I couldn't, even at, at the end battle scene, it's like, Am I happy that he gets to have all the powers? Am I not? I'm like, maybe if this were like the third movie or something, that would make more sense. Turn him into the Super Scroll. They just like took a character from the comics. You know what I'm talking? Like, the Fantastic Four have to fight this Super Scroll that has all their powers. Yeah, they rushed into stuff. Galactus is a Thanos level threat. Like, if the MCU were to do Galactus, it would take them 10 years to build it up. I I like the back and consistent back and forth between Dr. Doom and the Fantastic Four, how he's always around. I just think that there is more to those characters than just fighting Dr. Doom. There are good villains in the gallery. And I also think that Dr. Doom doesn't need to be held down by only fighting the Fantastic Four. Because I think him, Dr. Doom versus Wakanda is an unbelievable rivalry. Dr. Doom versus Namor is great in all sorts of things. Even Dr. Doom versus the Avengers. So I just want, and I know we'll get that in MCU. I know they'll diversify it. I just think if you look at these three movies that we've gotten before, it's just all kind of similar. You know what I'm saying? No, totally. I get, yeah, that makes a very valid point. One thing I did sort of appreciate, which was done in a way that I thought was a little rushed, but I, I liked that we kind of went there, was that we allowed there to be fatality in a sense, where Sue is stabbed with the um, spear thing, saving Silver Surfer, and essentially is basically going to die at the moment in the movie. But again, I think had that been movie three, a little bit more of a payoff, but I thought it was a, a good swing to take for yeah. a 2005 superhero movie when we don't, we, didn't, we don't really see that anymore, where your like, hero is mortally wounded like that. Yeah, and another thing I'll say is the Sue and Reed Richards wedding, great, great to have. I like that. The one at the top of the movie? Yeah, I think that's an an iconic moment in the comics. I'm glad they referenced that, so I like that a lot. You just watched Fantastic Four, the reboot with Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan and others. Isn't, uh, what's his name, Oscar Isaac, Dr. Doom? No. No. no, What is that? What am I thinking of? Oscar Isaac was some villain that I can't remember. Oh, he, he was is, Apocalypse. Oh, that's, a, that's a whole <laughs> other conversation for another episode. Yeah. Break down the um, many X-Men movies. 
I I rewatched some video clips of this movie last night. I couldn't bring myself to rewatching it in full. I'm not a, as brave as you are, and just credit to you. Take it away with this movie because, whew, it's tough. Okay, so this movie makes Fantastic Four one and Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer look like top tier Marvel movies. An Oscar movie. movie. Because this movie, I started this movie last night. I finished it this morning because I was falling asleep, in all honesty. This was like, I know how we've talked about Captain Marvel was a rough origin story. This is like. This, that, this is the worst superhero movie ever. I wouldn't even classify it as a superhero movie. I was just watching this and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Because we're making the we start off with these random kids like and show up they're like they were friends since kids and whatever he was a nerd I was like we know that already yeah but just to and then to make them like college aged but they don't look college aged so that kind of throws the whole thing mm-hmm. out the window and Doctor Doom some like bad boy type yeah person. and they keep like, referring what? to them as the children or children and then it I mean Michael B Jordan as the Human Torch is just no Kate Mara as, as Sue Storm no, no. and is... then the way that the reshoots are so evident with the way that sometimes Miles Teller has facial hair and then Kate Mara has a wig in some scenes was just no and then we have that ending which is another what the hell is this ending? Th- that is it is so bad I I can't even like that I is it Am I jumping? Is this by far the worst superhero movie ever? I think it's by far one of the worst movies ever. Just because oh, great point. Yeah, you just literally take these characters that are iconic. The you make space it fight or whatever that shit dark is. Dark also. What is like, like? Are they space? Where are? Where do they go again? Is that what? It's another dimension. They go to oh another my God, dimension, yeah. and that looks like space moon thing, and. It, I guess it tried to take the origin story of Fantastic Four, but then rewrite it in a way that makes no sense. Yeah, it was the so The powers bad. make no sense. Also, the way the Human Torch looks in 2015 is horrifying compared to the way he looks in 2005. Like, it, it's like, it looks like a bad animated video game character. Like, you mm-hmm. just see the, it's like, what is this movie? This And there's no chemistry between Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman at all. Zero. Zero. Negative. And it's like negative. What is happening? It it just it the way it's filmed with such dark cinematography too is like this is not DC. This is not. And then when you find out this movie was basically made so that they wouldn't lose the rights to Fantastic Four to Disney is just stupid. It's like why did you do this to a movie? Yeah, and obviously it didn't make money. But it's like, it's such a hard, like, I mean, I watched it because I'm a committed journalist Mm -hmm. to my, even the whole fantastic with the four in the middle of the fantastic is stupid. When they're trying to come up with the name, it's stupid. And it's just like, like, I like these characters. Like I grew up on the comics, the cartoon, like this Mm -hmm. is like, these were like up there with Spider-Man. We talked about the beginning of the show. This is just like the worst thing you can possibly do to the characters. Yeah, it's the only thing I can say positive about this movie. Wow. Is that it was so bad that it forced the Fantastic Four basically to come to the MCU. That's true. That is a very good point that yeah, it yeah. And that's like part of me, the cynic like I you know, I didn't love the Venom movie. I kind of even though I don't want to see another flop with Venom and Carnage because I think those characters are cool. If Venom 2 is just the worst movie ever and it just forces Sony to just give up everything and give it all to uh, Kevin Feige in the MCU, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take one bad Venom movie to just get all those characters off out of their hands. And so, yeah, that's the only good thing about this movie is that it was so bad that it basically forced their hand, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's like I wait and it's like an hour and 40 minutes. What superhero movie is an hour and 40 minutes? What superhero movie has like the stupidest ending on the planet where it's like not even a big battle scene. It's like breaking rocks and then the sheet and then yes. diminishing the powers of the heroes. And I'm just, it looks dumb. Like I literally watched the Fantastic Four one where Mr. Fantastic like turns into like a sphere type shape and does all these things. 
compared to this movie where he doesn't really do any of that. Like it's it hurt to watch that. Like my brain, maybe that that's another that's up there with the disappointment of you not knowing Knives Out as far as disappointments that I've had the past week. <laughs> oh, I can it's only up there. I can only get better. Um, let's talk about a really exciting topic. Actually, it's let's fan cast what our dream cast of the Fantastic Four in the MCU would be. A lot of people have been doing this. Um, I am in no way saying that this is what I think will happen. I'm just saying this would be cool. Um, and so, yeah. Well, why don't we go at character by character? How's that sound? I like that. So uh, I'll let you go first, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic, I'm going to go with John Krasinski. Yep. That's my... I have seen the rumors. I want the rumors to be true. I think it makes total sense. I like that it's a little more grown up. I like that it's mm-hmm. not younger. I don't need my superheroes to be like young to relate to them. Like I don't only Spider Man. Exactly. One that That's the only one. I don't need anybody else but Spider Man to be accurate. So he's the one that I feel could do the line of like the seriousness, the nerdiness, the humor, and the superpowers, and it's not gonna seem stupid. Yeah, I, I have him as well. Um, I expected that we'd both have him because with him taking this role, John Krasinski, obviously, I love John Krasinski. Who doesn't, really? Um, he's unbelievable in The Office. Also, Jack Ryan's incredible. I've seen The First Quiet Place. I'm not a big fan of the types of things, but good stuff, whatever. Um, he could bring the prestige to a role because Mr. Fantastic is so big. Like He could be a Robert Downey Jr., a Chris Evans going forward in the MCU. He would be the A-list, the big name. And Mr. Fantastic, you need someone who is that for that role, in my opinion. He is at the level of Iron Man, Captain America. You need, I'm not saying you need a super famous star, but I think that John Krasinski checks literally every box for this, and he should be Mr. Fantastic. Okay. I will go first for Invisible Woman. Okay. And so my cast for casting for Invisible Woman, Sue Storm, would be Blake Lively. I think Damn it, would, that's a good guy. I think she would be great. I did not choose Emily Blunt because she recently said she didn't want to be in superhero movies. I don't know if that was lying. Her, she was lying and she's going to maybe be Mr. Fan or Mrs. Invisible Woman with her husband John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. So I just I think Blake Lively would be a fantastic Sue Storm. Again, like John Krasinski. Not like we're not going that super, super young route, not old, but it's just like, I don't know, like the Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans age range, if that makes sense. Robert Downey Jr. is a little more old, but you know what I mean? That's a really good casting, especially because she's got like the range to do movies like What's a Simple Favor, um, the rhythm section. She can Mm -hmm. do a variety of things. She'd also get great Deadpool interactions because she's married to Ryan Reynolds. And so Ryan Reynolds could randomly be like, just make some comment about, wait, that's my wife or something that would just like work. That would be genius. Dang, that's really good. It's really good. I I worked hard on it. What what are you thinking? So my thinking is um, I would think Jennifer Lawrence would make sense to me. Okay. In this role, because I have been like rumors about that. There have been rumors. I feel like she got sort of the short end of the stick in her initial joining of the Marvel universe. I with feel X-Men. like her X Men. I feel like her character kind of yeah crashed and burned. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like because we have seen people take on different roles in the MCU, mm-hmm. she could come back into this world and play that character and again similar to Blake Lively she's got the ability to be sort of a stronger character in that Scarlett Johansson sort of mm-hmm. realm of ideas and I, I could see her playing it though I do really like your your fan casting but mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that that works too um, yeah I mean I think I'm so curious who they're going to cast for this it's just going to be so I, it's gonna be, it's gonna break the internet. I think, think so, but I, I mean, but also I feel like it could easily go the way that the Fantastic Four twenty, excuse me, twenty fifteen went, where they were like, we're gonna make an inclusive cast just to make an inclusive cast mm-hmm. with the whole adoption storyline. It's just that was like, weird. That's it doesn't. It's like some things do need to follow certain veins of what the characters are. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when the Fantastic Four is just literally like. 
you can change some things, but like I, I was talking to Marley right before this podcast started of like, I don't know if people will be annoyed, but I just think that Sue Storm, I when I think of her, she's blonde. Yeah, like, that's the comic book character. It's just to what I think of. It's like, I I think they've done fine with MJ, um, with Zendaya doing it, but like I don't think that would have worked with Gwen Stacy. There's certain characters where they just kind of, like I don't know. So that's because why because again, it's looking like the comic book character. I think is what mm-hmm. it comes back to. It's like this is who was created what the character looks like in the comic. So we should theoretically stay true to that yeah. in the movies instead of trying to be, to, to be appease an audience that isn't asking for that necessarily. Mm-mm. And it comes across as so contrived and not authentic. And there's plenty of ways where you can increase the diversity in the MCU because there's plenty of characters and roles in the comic books who you don't need to change. And so that's how I feel about that. Um, Let's talk Human Torch Johnny Storm now. I'll give you the first. You go with your pick, and I'll follow. Okay. My pick for this one um, would be uh, Taryn Edgerton Okay, from Kingsman. I feel like that role kind of has the edge that this character needs. It kind of fits into the same line with my other two casting, and I feel like he's well enough established where he can be cast in this without being too famous for this type of movies. And I think he brings the right energy to the role, and that would be my pick. I like that. That's a great pick. I will. I might surprise you with my pick here for uh, Human Torch. Um, I, I've seen this. I think has been floated out there a lot on the internet, but a lot of people like hate it more than anything. I think Zac Efron should be the Human Torch. I think he's he can play the cockiness of Johnny Storm perfectly. I mean, if you think about Johnny Storm in the comic books, he's like going to the club and doing stuff right before giant events happen. I think Zac Efron would kill as the Human Torch. And yeah, I'm loyal to Zac Efron since the days of High School Musical. It's my guy. But I think actually, he would be, I think he'd be fantastic in this. I mean, I, he was in my head, but I feel like he's. I've heard the rumors that he's going to be Adam Warlock. So it's like, oh, I haven't heard that. That's oh badass. yeah, that's the yeah. I okay, those I'll, rumors. I'll take. I would prefer Johnny Storm, but I'll take Adam Warlock if we're gonna get that. I like that. That's a good one. Okay, now I'm gonna go. This is hard. Okay. The thing, Ben Grimm. Part of me wanted to just put Michael Chiklis. I just thought he was great in um, the first um, Fantastic Four in 2005. But I actually am going with L- Leave Schreiber. He's in Defiance. He's actually in X-Men Origins Wolverine, Ray Donovan, Spotlight. I think he would be the type of character to play the thing, could play that little disgruntled aspect of the thing quite well. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go with him for my choice as the thing. Interesting, interesting. All right. Um, Well, uh, my pick is um, Stephen Amell. Who plays the Arrow on? Who played the Arrow oh, okay. for several years on the the DC CW universe? And I feel like this role kind of would suit him later in this stage of his life. I feel like it kind of has the seriousness, while the kind of the humor to it. And I think that he would make a good addition to the team that I sort of assembled. Because mm-hmm. that's fantastic. important. You gotta think about that um, as a whole. Yeah. So I also included Doctor Doom on this list for us to fan cast. Would you like to take the the initial pick for Doctor Doom? I'll let you go first. I this is tough. I had three names that I liked all of them, and I ended up going with my first choice would be Nikolaj Coster Waldo from Game of Thrones. Jamie Lannister, I think, would be an iconic Doctor Doom. He is like European from that area too. I think he would be such a good Doctor Doom, because if you think about the first season of Game of Thrones and how cocky Jamie Lannister is and the way he talks to people, I think that that would be a 10 out of 10 pick for Doctor Doom. I do have two others that if you don't take, I'll mention, but what do you got? So, um, similar, you've mentioned this name earlier. What did you think in, about that, though, Jamie Lannister? I could see it. I could see it. It took me a second since I haven't seen all of Game of Thrones to really yeah. process it, but I could see it. I think that that's a very... His face is covered, too, is the thing for Dr. Doom. Like, that's (laughs) That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So I think, and this is my thought process, similar to how this character, so similar to how Sebastian Stan got a little bit of his start on Gossip Girl, 
back in the day. I'm picking another name from that series, and I'm going with Penn Badgley. Ooh. Who, you know, is, plays you at the moment, and again, he's a psychopathic serial killer. Yeah. So I think he has that darkness that we kind of need for this character, while also being able to pull off that, like, just staring. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. So I kind of would put him in the mix for the MCU I like role. that. I didn't think about that. That's a good one. I'll throw two others at you. Okay. Um, one, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, from okay. yep, Breaking I know Bad and Mando. I think he would be good. And this is a very, very like wild pick that I don't think anyone will think of. But if you think about it, give it time, I think it actually would be incredible. I was choosing between this one and Nicolaj Costa-Waldo. Vigo Mortensen, the dude who plays Aragorn Ooh. in Lord of the Rings. Dude, that's, that's wow. That's that would be sick. I mean, but even if going Lord of the Rings, even maybe Orlando Bloom, too. Yeah. Orlando because I almost Bloom. feel like Vigo Mortensen, like, no offense to him, is a little bit older. You could throw Orlando Bloom as Mr. Fantastic, honestly. That's an interesting pick. That's a, I mean, and the possibilities are endless. I mean, that's, I feel like now that we're talking, all the names are coming to, and it's just yeah. like this person. No, but I mean, the, the way in Lord of the Rings, he was just so good. Mm-hmm. That was Aragorn. Yeah, so that I think would be very cool. I am now trying to think of what character would be fun to bring uh, Orlando Bloom into the MCU for. So maybe we dedicate a whole podcast to that. I'm just kidding. To who we want to join the MCU. We, we, we want you to we join could. the MCU. We could. That would be fun. Um, so we just did our fan casting, our dream cast for the Fantastic Four. Um, let's recap it really quick. I had. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Blake Lively as the Invisible Woman, Zach Afron as the Human Torch, Liev Schreiber as the Thing, and Nicolaj Coster-Waldo as Doctor Doom. Peter? I had um, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I had Jennifer Lawrence as Sue Storm. I had Taron Egerton as the Human Torch. I had Stephen Amell as the Thing. And I had... Oh my God, why am I blanking? Penn Badgley as Doctor mm-hmm. Doom. Yeah. All right. I like that. Maybe we'll get a little graphic up on the, the social media channel so you guys can see that and tell us which ones you like or who, how you would cast it. Uh, but going off the Fantastic Four coming to the MCU, I will let you go. I'll ask you this question first and then I'll go. Let's say you're Kevin Feige. Congratulations, first off. Um, Amazing. Yeah. How would you introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU? You don't need to do the whole origin story or go too deep because we can that we could literally do an hour and a half podcast on how you would introduce them. So a cliff notes version, but still let's, let's talk about it for a bit. Um, how would you do it, Peter? Cliff notes version. I think I would introduce them into an already established movie, similar to um, Spider-Man showing up in the civil war. I think that that way you kind of build off of a world that already exists. I think it would be interesting to see them maybe play in the captain Marvel area. Because Captain Marvel, for better or worse, needs a little bit more to create out the storyline and kind of bring us more. That being said, I would not be opposed to seeing Doctor Doom show up in Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Seeing Fantastic Four show up in Captain, Man. Captain Marvel. But yeah. also, that you mentioned, yeah, that's a good one. Ant-Man's a good one. Because again, I think they need to be brought in not on a standalone first, but integrated into the already existing canon first. Yep, I like that. So how I would do it is I would do it similar. I'm not going to have an intro movie for them. I would actually have one or two of the actors show up casually in Secret Invasion as that they work for S.W.O.R.D. Or maybe you make another reference like in WandaVision of those people who were astronauts that got lost out in space, something like that. And then what you do is you get them in Secret Invasion and then maybe over in either Captain Marvel or Ant-Man, you get like after seeing them once, they come back or something and you see them with their powers. And then you eventually do a movie that would explain some of that backup. But also the key thing for me is Doctor Doom. You introduce Doctor Doom in a solo Disney Plus series. No Fantastic Four in it. Maybe at the end, a little look at them. But they're not, like, I want all about Doctor Doom. Do not tie him down to the Fantastic Four. I love the Fantastic Four. But let's focus on Victor Von Doom. And you could maybe potentially have that set up Wakanda forever or go off of that. 
I don't know. That's the big thing for me, though, is focusing on Doctor Doom. I like that because, in a sense, Disney Plus does give them the freedom to do that as they're doing with um, a few of their series that they have coming down the pipeline. So I think it's interesting to see if that is the case because based on what was announced and in in that recent big trailer that we had, they ended with the four at the end of it. And I think that means that this phase is going to basically culminate with Fantastic Four because I don't necessarily see another Avengers film in this phase. Neither do I. Which would be inter- which would be an interesting move for them to kind of, but also kind of does give us the break to allow us to reconnect and reestablish who that team is going to look like. Yeah, I think because uh, I think it's important the next time you have the Avengers, you have Reed Richards involved in some way, maybe. So I'm with you on that. Um, let's talk quickly about. Actors who've played multiple superhero characters. I mean, you just mentioned Jennifer Lawrence, who played Mystique in X-Men. A lot of rumors that she could be coming in as Sue Storm, so that could be a potential example. One that comes off the top of my head when I think about it is actually Ben Affleck playing Daredevil and uh, Batman. I'm not saying it's a, a great job on either, to be honest, but he did it. So uh, who else am I for? Uh, Chris Evans, obviously, that's probably the best, right? Human Torch, right. Captain America. I what think, else am I forgetting? So Gemma Chan played the villain whose name I can't remember in Captain Marvel. And oh, now yeah. she's going to be Cersei in the Eternals. So mm-hmm. it's like they're betting big on her, which I think is interesting um, to see them go that route. Um, Michael B. Jordan, obviously, Human Torch yep. to Killamonger. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, I'm really trying to think. Chris Hemsworth, no. Robert Downey Jr., no. Andrew Garfield, no other superhero movie. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Green Lantern and Deadpool. Did you Such see a... he, like, watched it for the first time, like, a couple that months ago? That was the best. That yeah. was the best. Oh, that's and really the, I mean, him and Blake Lively might have never existed had that movie not happened. True. And so another thing, oh, another one that will be this will be Oscar Isaac, who played Apocalypse, but will also be Moon Knight. So Exactly. That's, that's exciting. That's a good one. If we're forgetting any, write in and tell us, folks, uh, and we can address that next week. Uh, let's wrap up today's episode 99, though, with the WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier doing well at the MTV Awards. Was that what it was, right? The MTV Movie Awards, yeah. Yeah, so take us away on that, Peter. So, WandaVision actually... So, Falcon and the Winter Soldier won for best, t- basically, team, best duo. So, mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan... And Anthony Mackie, which makes total sense. The two of them together really grounded that series and brought it home. And then Anthony Mackie won Best Hero for his role as Falcon Captain. So does America. that not include Pedro Pascal as Mando? He did beat Pedro Pascal, from what I if I, if I read correctly. Tough. tough for me. So that's a, yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't, but again, I think. Disclaimer for, I feel like a lot, like the MTV or Teen Choice Awards or those types of award shows, I feel like it's also like, if you're going to show up to it, there's a strong chance you're getting it. We're inviting you because you're going to get the award, theoretically. Yeah. So you're available. It all works out that way. Interesting. But WandaVision took home some very big awards. Um, It got Best Performance Overall in Television for Elizabeth Olsen, which makes total sense. Yeah, she was great. She did the work. Um, Best villain for Catherine Hahn as Agatha. Yeah. They didn't sideline my boy Zemo and they, they focused on the stupid flag smashers. I need to bring I have, I have like PTSD from those stupid flag smashers. God, I actually I hate stopped them. thinking about them and now they're gonna be in my mind again, so thank you. It's like like you like Catherine Hahn wins. It's like, yeah, let's compare Catherine Hahn and Agatha Harkness to Carly Morgan Thou. Jeez. Did my boy did John Walker win anything? Because he was great. No. He, don't, don't you think he was great, or is that just me? No, I think he. I think after, when I took a step back, I was like, he's really talented as an mm-hmm. actor to play this character that everyone's going to hate. It's going to be in the MCU going forward, and yeah, so mm-hmm. no love for him. Um, best fight did go to Elizabeth Olsen versus Catherine Hahn in WandaVision. Disagree. That was, was like disappointing, right? Don't you think? I the. Well, okay, because here's I'll throw two better. Fi- I'm not. I know you didn't pick this, so. But I'm saying I'll throw two better fights at you that came out this year: Bucky and Sam versus John Walker, Mando versus uh, what's his Moff Gideon. 
I thought those both with the dark saber in at that season finale of Mando. Well, those were both better. I thought Wanda Agatha should have been, but they didn't do certain stuff. Are you? Would you rank Wanda though the highest though? So let me context it for you. It was up what it was up against. Okay, yeah, then, yeah. So it was up against the final funhouse fight in Birds of Prey. It was up against the finale fight from Cobra Kai, which I haven't seen. It was up against the final fight between Steppenwolf and Snyder Cut. Oh. And it was up against Starlight, Queen Maeve, Kimiko, and versus Stormfront and the boys. Oh, well, then it's, it's obviously WandaVision. It's not even close. So when you put it in that category, that's what was what it beat, theoretically. Yeah. So, but it, to speak to your thing, no, I think it was good, but it could have been better. And because I feel like it could have been better is what kind of holds you back from it, where yep. the other ones were like, you couldn't have been better. Those sites were yeah. top tier. The end of uh, Snyder Cut, though, where That's, like they kill him, pretty fucking great. That was that was I think, I think that was the, it. Just took too long to it get. Took there. Four hours to get there. Like, what was it? Four hours. That long to get? Yeah, yeah. Four. Yeah. It took me three long. days to watch that movie. We did it in one day, and it was coffee in the middle to get through it. But it's just so much to talk about on that one. But and also winning best show. And let me tell you what it beat. So WandaVision won best show, beating. Here is my, which makes sense. But when I tell you what it beat, I think you're going to, oh yeah. So WandaVision beat The Boys, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, and Bridgerton for best show. I have only seen like one or two episodes of The Boys. I have not seen a single episode of any of the other. I don't even know what any of the other things you mentioned. I know Cobra Kai, isn't that the freaking Karate Kid? Karate Kid something? sequel TV yeah. show thing that supposedly is a big deal, but I Honestly, just I should put out 30-minute segments of our podcast on stuff, and we would have won the best freaking TV show in that group. You know, that was wild. But yeah, it makes sense that WandaVision took that, and I think it makes it's an interesting precursor to what is hopefully when awards that actually matter, the Emmys come closer mm -hmm. to because this is kind of a yeah. not necessarily an indicator, but a little bit of an indicator of where we could possibly go. I think if we're thinking Emmys, the only the only MCU thing from Disney Plus so far that I think has a serious, serious shot at winning an Emmy is Elizabeth Olsen. So I, I guess think, there's the tech technical effects, but I don't. But I feel like so I feel like because so it's interesting that WandaVision will compete in limited series. Falcon oh. and the Winter Soldier will compete in drama. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier has a higher climb to make in order to get the award. Yeah. Though, if you look at what Elizabeth Olsen is up against, she's going to be theoretically up against the Queen's Gambit and Anya Taylor-Joy in that role which is, was considered one of the better roles last year. I do think it's not about that, chess. Yeah, it's actually really good, though. Like, it's about we'll talk chess. about that off the podcast. But, <laughs> um, but no, I think Elizabeth Olsen did a Herculean task with this role. Yeah, and so I think, I think WandaVision will get nominated because it is an ode to television. So oh, I think that works in its favor. But I do, and I, almost, I could almost see Catherine Hahn getting in a supporting Nom. Yeah, or Paul Bettany. I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like he's been kind of like forgotten in the conversation, which isn't necessarily not fair. Accurate. He was so he was so poetic, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Have you? So it'll be side, interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Side note: Have you seen the show Gotham? I might have asked you this before. I don't think you've asked me this, and I think it's many years ago when it was first on television, it's so good interesting i loved 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 it like interesting so maybe i mean there are some cheesy aspects of it but i mean if you like batman and you like james gordon it's freaking awesome it's a great show it's great it's great it's like <laughs> i i 10 out of 10 by me i love that show 10 but, out of 10 yeah well it's better than any i think gotham's way better than wandavision or falcon and the winter soldier but wow yeah it goes five seasons it's, inc it's incredible interesting it has the entire batman gallery young bruce wayne you get a lot of james gordon it's it's 
so many nods to the comic books, so many episodes too. So it's nice. You can just, it's not like limited. Like they're only, it's great, but maybe I'm overhyping it. I enjoyed it, but I am a child. So who knows? (laughs) So we'll, we'll stay tuned to find out if I actually give the show a shot. If will I be disappointed again or will I be, I will rewatch it. If you, if you watch like the first couple episodes and you're like, all right, I can do it. I'll rewatch it too. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of episodes. Um, Peter, anything else on yet you have to say for episode 99, you know, um, not so much. I'm excited that we, I mean, Spider-Man last week was such so fun. It was so fun to really discuss and delve into fantastic Four, another solid group. Uh, X Men will be good. Need to be need their moment, and you know perfectly well that if we hate the cast, we will fully say that we hate the cast. We will we will be there regardless. Obviously, mm-hmm. watching it, even if it's hate watching it. But um, I'm I'm optimistic about where the Fantastic Four can go, and I'm the one thankful thing I am glad about the movie failing Fantastic Four, the original two failing, is that had that never failed, we would never have Chris Evans Captain America. True. Wow. Drop, you just dropped the mic there with the last comment. Let's end it on that. It's been episode 99. Peter Gonzalez, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.